everyone. Welcome to episode 548 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're in the middle of May and it almost is spring now, it seems like. Indeed. Indeed it is. It snowed over the weekend, kind of. It. Oh, it did do that, didn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. Not for very long, but I looked out my window when it was pouring rain and then it just transferred to snow and I was like... It's May. Calm down, weather. What are we doing? But um, yeah, so we are going to have some fun today. We're going to do another one of our tasks from our professional book nerds reading challenge. If you are newish to the podcast and don't know what we're talking about every year, Jill and I make our own reading challenge, much like a million different places on the internet. Book Ride has a fun one. Reading Glasses have a fun one. Um, Yeah, we create our own reading challenge and there's a bunch of different tasks. And throughout the year, we break down one of those tasks and give you some book recommendations for them. So we've done a few of them in the past. Uh, You can find them on our website if you just search for like PBN reading channel or PBN read and it'll pop up. But uh, today we're going to do read a book about a book, which is a very library loving type of a thing. I feel like people in our line of work get very excited when a book is about a book. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So we've got several of them. Uh, if you want, if you want to get, you know, how can people get a hold of us if they want additional book recommendations? Did you see me like try to just fall over that? Yeah, that did not work very well. Um, <laughs> they can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at probooknerds. And you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Yeah, you can. You should do that. So we're going to go through, we've got 10 of them. We each have five. Um, would you like to start? Or do you want me to start? My first one is The Air Affair by Jasper Ford. Y'all, I love this book. I love the series. I know I've talked about it, but you're just going to have to listen again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is Air as in Jane Air, E-Y-R-E. And um, this exists. It takes place in an alternative Great Britain uh, in the mid 80s. Um, time travel is real. Um, dodos exist and can be cloned. Um, and there's like literature is just, it is so, it's taken so seriously. There are like government agencies dedicated to, to literature. Um, and this also exists is a world where at the end of the book, Jane Eyre, um, Jane does not end up with Rochester. (laughs) So there's like a totally different ending to Jane Eyre. And then one day, um, Jane Eyre, the character disappears from the book, Jane Eyre. She's, she is stolen. She is kidnapped from her own book because that is, in the world as well. And so this is about Thursday next. She is a um, special operative in the uh, literary detective agency. And it is her job to find Jane Eyre who has been kidnapped from Jane Eyre. And it's just delightful. It's a whole series. And and the more you get into the series, it plays a lot more with um, different literary characters and books. one of my favorite scenes, which I know I've talked about, is Hamlet goes to a Starbucks and like mm-hmm. it's just 
incredible. And there's like um, group therapy with Wuthering Heights, but the airfare specifically <laughs> about Jane Eyre and it is wonderful. And if you like just sort of fun, absurd books, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Books about books, absurd yeah. books about books. This is the one for you. Perfect. Uh, my first one I've also talked about because the author was on the podcast in January, but it's the absolute book by Elizabeth Knox, which still almost a half, you know, half a year later is I think going to be in my best of list. It's so good. Uh, The main character's name is Taryn and Taryn, the story kind of opens up with her sister dying violently and um, Taryn kind of comes up with her own revenge uh, on how to get back to against the person who killed her sister um, by drunk driving and her plan gets carried out. And that kicks off this story that opens up. It starts very like grounded in the real world and opens up into a land of fairies and purgatory and all of this different stuff that is all centered around this ancient scroll box with a book in it known as the fire starter which destroys libraries and a whole bunch of other things it's just this like it's very it reminds me of the starless sea in the sense that like you just like fold into these other uh aspects of the story one time at like one bit at a time and also you're falling into like different layers of worlds and birds can talk and there's like there's just all this crazy stuff going on and wow it's amazing there's I just loved it so much it's so so delightful and if you are I mean it's like everything from Lord of the Rings to the Starless Sea to like there's just everything in here so it's the absolute book by Elizabeth Knox. My next one is uh, Codex by Love Grossman. So of course, Love Grossman is the author behind The Magicians, but um, you know there are books about books and then there are books about like mysterious books, which are even better. Mm-hmm. So this is about Edward. He's a hotshot young investment banker and he is sent by his firm to help one of their um, most important but yet mysterious clients, which are always fun. And he's given the role of kind of um, unboxing and organizing this guy's personal library of rare books. So already, you know, that things are going to happen. And of course, he's kind of like mad because like, who wants to do that? But then he realizes in this collection, there may be a unique medieval codex hidden among the volumes. Um, and it's been like hidden away for years and centuries. Um, and then his friends start to draw him into a uh, computer game. And as he's playing this game, he realizes there's a connection of some kind or like parallels between this game and this codex. And it's, it's so good. I read this book um, a couple of years ago, but it was definitely one where I'm like, could not stop because you just start getting deeper and deeper into it. And it's, it's fantastic. So that's codex. So um, my next one, I, when I was making, putting this list, I feel like I had really weird deja vu putting this together. And obviously we talk about books more than once all the time, but I looked it up on our, on our website and I don't think we've ever talked about it because it's not there, but if it sounds familiar to you, let me know. I've loved this book, so I don't mind talking about it again, but it's the book of speculation by Erica Swiler. 
I almost put this on my list. I think you and I have talked about it off the podcast before. Okay. That makes, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. That must be it. I was laughing so hard because I was like, gosh, I love this book. Have we, we had to have talked about it. And then I went on it. Like I searched on our website and I was like, oh my God, we have it. So, okay. This one makes way, way more sense that you and I, I almost have. put this on. Yeah. And then I thought you had it. So, okay. So there's a young librarian named Simon and Simon lives alone in this house that is like falling apart and it overlooks, uh, a, a lake and Simon's mom was a circus mermaid who made her living by holding a breath and she drowned in the water that like this house overlooks his sister is now reading tarot cards for a traveling circus and um this book like arrives on his doorstep one day and it's sent by this old bookseller and it basically is like a log from a traveling carnival from the 1700s and it talks about the all these like weird magical things including the death of a circus mermaid uh by drowning and what ends up happening is he's realized that like generations of these quote-unquote mermaids in his family have drowned always on july 24th uh so it basically becomes a story of like trying to figure out what's going on and how it's all connected and is it magic or is it something else um i hate to do another like it's very much like it's very much like another aaron morgenstern book but it's very much like the night circus it really is um it's so good it, i think i actually tweeted a while ago as a podcast about how i always want more authors to write dark carnival stories and this is kind of a dark carnival story as well as a book about a book so that's the book of speculation by erica swyler um, okay, so I just totally changed one of my books because I can't believe I forgot this one. So <laughs> um, this is uh, my next one is The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood. Again, I don't know how I forgot this one. So um, <laughs> I love Margaret Atwood. Um, as you all know, I've talked about it. And so this is about two sisters. Um, there's Laura and Iris. And Laura had died in a mysterious death um, back in the 1940s and Iris is now it's like decades later and Laura was known for having written this somewhat like uh, it, it was considered scandals at the time um, novel there's like a sort of like sci-fi twist to it um, and as Iris you know Laura's supposed to be kind of um there's like a scholarship being named for her and, and Iris is like the only one left of the family to kind of go represent. And as Iris is sort of in present day talking about um, being this elderly lady and she starts talking about the family and kind of all these things leading up to this presentation, it's inner split with chapters from Laura's book um, and it sort of like starts to kind of connect in ways you don't see. It's, it's, it's just, it's so good. And um, I, up until I read Orcs and Crepe, this was my favorite Margaret Atwood book. So this is probably like number two on my Margaret Atwood list. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's big, but it doesn't matter. Um, it's just that, that twist at the end, you're like, oh my God. Um, yeah. So that would be the blind assassin. So this is interesting. I don't think you've ever talked about that particular Margaret Atwood book on the I podcast. I don't think I have either. I don't know. Like it's not one like I talk about. It doesn't come up 
you know, um, it's it's one of those books where it's definitely far more, it's not far more literary. Um, all of her books are, are on the literary side of things. <laughs> it's just, you know, I feel like if I remember correctly, um, hey, what if I just read a sample? Let's see. I think it opens up with like newspaper clippings from Laura's car crash. Um, or that, yeah, there are newspaper clippings that, that sort of appear. So it kind of plays with um, different mediums or uh, media. Um, and then this, this, the book within the book is called The Blind Assassin. And it's this about these two lovers on some like distant planet. It's all sci-fi. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really good. Sounds awesome. Um... Okay, so my next one is The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco. Uh, first, I'm going to tell you about the book, which is lovely. And then I'm going to tell you something that you should all look up on YouTube because it's just delightful. Um, so this is Umberto Eco's first novel uh, and it won a whole bunch of different awards, but it's set in the 1300s and there is a Italian abbey that is suspected of heresy and all of the different um, brothers that are in the Abbey uh, are investigated. There, our main character's name is Brother William of Baskerville arrives. And there's several bizarre deaths that happen. And so Brother William has to change from investigating heresy to becoming a detective of these murders. And he uses the logic of Aristotle, um, a bunch of stuff from St. Thomas Aquinas and the empirical insights of Roger Bacon. And it's, it reminds me a lot of um, the aspects of Ken Follett books that I love so much. Um, the, I've, I've talked about this before, but like, I'm not a very religious person, but I love like the history, the history aspects of religion and like the inner workings of monasteries and like just like reading into the admittedly very shady aspects of the hierarchies of religion and it's really really good um and so so that's the name of the rose but what i implore you all to do is go on youtube and look up umberto echo i'll put a link into it he has since passed away but he had a personal library that there's videos of him walking through this library Jill, have you ever seen any of these videos? I don't think so. His library is like the equivalent of an actual library. Like there's just these videos of him walking through his own library to find a specific book. And he has stacks upon stacks, like literal, I'm not saying like stacks of books. I mean, like what librarians consider what? stacks. Jill just uh, made yeah. faces as I'm thinking you may have be looking at it right now. I am. I his am. private library was... A truly, truly incredible, and I just love it so much. I'll put a link where, like, there's like a like a really quick, there's like a two minute YouTube video of him walking through it, and it's wild. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, this uh, mm -hmm. that's a lot of books. That's yeah, a lot of books. Um, also, like that he basically like cuts through his closet. It's like a secret library. <laughs> his closet. Like, it almost looked a, like literally has like a secret library. Yeah, his his house was basically a book about a book. Um, yeah, Umberto Echo is a crazy dude. So yeah, the name of the rose is the book, but I, and I'll put a link in our bio for you guys to take a look at, or our link in the, the show notes. He's got a ladder. He's mm -hmm. got like a rolling ladder. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, what would you say looking at that? Like tens of thousands of books? I don't even know. 
I don't even know. He's got study tables, y'all. He's got, uh, yeah, this is a, it's a lot of books and they are, they're just kind of stacked. I'm sure there's some order, but maybe not. Who knows? He's got multiple study tables. He, yeah, he, he um, got books on the floor and stacks because there's I, not enough room on the shelves apparently. And they're all like built-ins and then yeah, there's freestanding ones. It looks like a, a public library. Looks like mm-hmm. a public library and it's in his house. And he like, there's a video of him finding a specific book and it like, yep. he knows exactly where it is. And That's what like, I just watched, yeah. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, mm-hmm. what is your, what's your next book? Well, speaking of libraries, my next one is The Lions of Fifth Avenue by Fiona Davis. Um, this is about the New York Public Library and the apartment that uh, exists above it, which for a long time would be inhabited by the superintendent of the um, superintendent as in like the person, like the facilities manager um, of the New York Public Library and, and their family. And so in 1913, Laura um, Lyons is married to the current superintendent of the New York Public Library. They live upstairs, which is just like, who doesn't love that? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, and they have kids, but Laura's sort of a little dissatisfied with her life as just a homemaker, and she decides to go to the Columbia School of Journalism, and suddenly all these opportunities are given to her, um, and she starts to kind of question her role as wife and mother and sort of the, the gender traditions placed upon her, and then valuable books are stolen back at the New York Public Library, which starts to sort of um, threaten her, um, you know, because they're stolen like in the dead of night, her husband's supposed to be in charge of keeping, making sure things are like that aren't happening. And they start to, they go under suspicion. 80 years later, her granddaughter, Sadie, um, works at NYPL and is the curator at the library um, and sort of she struggles like having that legacy of her grandparents having allegedly you know previously like stolen from NYPL and then while she's working in on an exhibit um, manuscripts start disappearing <laughs> awkward um, and so you know it's, it goes back and forth like Fiona's books do, these two timelines to sort of figure out all that exactly happened. So it's not really a book about a book, it's a book about lots of books, but whatever, I'm counting it. That's the Lions of Fifth Avenue. It's literally set in the library. That's a book about- It is, it is, it is set in the library. Um, By the way, the Lions outside of NYPL, are named Patience and Fortitude, if you were not aware of that. Um, another little note in um, The Starless Sea, that there is a, a part at the beginning where the main character, Zachary Ezra Rollins, has to meet someone by Patience and Fortitude. Guys, I love Aaron Morgan's Uh-huh. <laughs> that wasn't clear. Um, my next one is The Story Life of A.J. Fickrey. Oh, what a fun book. I um, can't believe I've never talked about this book before. So AJ Fickrey, he lives alone. He has a bookstore and it's experiencing just horrible sales. And he had this book of rare Edgar Allan Poe, this rare collection of Edgar Allan Poe poems that was worth like half a million dollars. That gets stolen. Uh, his wife passes away tragically in a car accident. And then 
um, a mysterious package appears at his bookstore. It's a two-year-old. Uh, it's a two-year-old child whose family has abandoned them. And so Fikri has a chance to like, okay, well, he basically ends up deciding I'm going to raise this child and see where my life takes me. And it's just this really, really somehow funny, but also suspenseful and like beautiful book. There's some romance in there about bookish people and a love of literature. And it, it's these like imperfect people who are just kind of figuring out life through some extremely challenging times. But much like The Lines of Fifth Avenue, it's a book centered around a bookstore in this situation as opposed to a library. But it's just like, I love when a book has that surroundings of literature in it and it's just delightful. So that is The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery. My last one, gonna switch things up with some nonfiction because we did not say it has to be a novel about a book, just a book about books. This is Being Lolita by Allison Wood. It's a memoir. Um, when Allison um, was in high school, she was 17 years old. She had some hard years before that. And, um, you know, it was like a depressed basically um 17 year old and her English teacher Mr. North um sort of takes an interest in her and gives her a copy of Lolita and this turns into a situation where he Mr. North starts to groom Allison into a um romantic and then sexual relationship using Lolita as sort of his, um, I don't know how to describe it. He basically tell, like, you know, he sort of, he, he intentionally or unintentionally sort of misexplains why Lolita is a romance, like a happy love story romance, which it's not by the way, but <laughs> uh, you know, he does that. And, and yeah, so he uses Lolita kind of to sort of like seduce her and it turns into a very deeply abusive relationship. Um, and Allison, um, uh, eventually, you know, it's a true story. She gets out of it and she's written this memoir, which is just, um, it's hard to read, but it's wonderfully written. I got to interview her last year, um, about it and yeah. So that's, uh, that's being Lolita by Allison Wood. Episode 465. If you'd like Thank to hear you. Jenna talk Thank about you. it, you're welcome. Uh, my last one is The Last Buccaneer by Matthew Pearl. Um, this is another <clears throat> super fun book. So a buccaneer is described as a literary pirate. It's an individual capable of doing all that must be done in the universe of books that publishers, authors, and readers must not have a part in. So this takes place in 1890. And <clears throat> Penn Davenport is a buccaneer in Europe. And a master of disguise is kind of living like stocking harbors, coffees and print shops for the latest manuscript to steal. I'm just gonna, I don't even need to like explain further. It's like the oceans movies, mm-hmm. but if mm-hmm. the oceans people were stealing books, like it's sure. it's a heist, but it's a heist about books. And it is delightful because there's all of these different characters um, involve like Charles Dickens, Mark Twain, Robert Louis Stevenson. They're all like involved in this 
thrilling situation and it's just delightful. I love the book so much. And I will say, if you would like some additional literary characters involved in stories written by Matthew Pearl, he wrote the Dante Club and the Dante Chamber, which I interviewed him for episode 233 mm-hmm. back in 2018. Wow. So long ago. And those books also use real life literary characters and turn them into a historical fiction story. Um, so that's also delightful. But the last book in here, literally, it's a book heist. It's an equal parts heist book, a book about books, and a book about pirating. Come on. It's got everything. It feels like the, you know, this club has everything from Saturday Night Live, the Stefan skit. That's what this book feels like to me. So that's the last book in here. And those are all of them, yeah? I think so. That's what too. Um, and we have no virtual events going on right now, but we'll have some fun stuff in the future. Yeah, this is pretty straightforward yeah. today. Yeah. Um, okay, you think anything else? Is there anything people should know about? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.